Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. We are having an awesome day already, and you are listening to GirlfriendIt Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, although Lisa is actually in Israel and doing all kinds of uh, fun things, traveling. But we have another Lisa that happens to be a great friend of mine that we are going to rally you to do the remarkable together through resources and relationships. And today our special guest uh, that we will be um, introducing you to is a business strategist. She's a speaker, a trainer, and an author. And after 20 years in a successful corporate career, Lisa has decided to follow her heart and found her calling as an entrepreneur. Her goal and her passion is to help business owners find business development, success through effective proposals, influential leadership, and improved processes. She's also the creator of Martini Mindset, Leadership Principles, and RFP University. So Lisa, welcome, and you're going to have to explain that whole RFP University because you're talking way over my head, but we are so excited to have you on the show today, and, and you've already been okay. with us this morning. <laughs> I was going to say, you've already been with the craziness this morning, so we are ready to dive in. How are you today? I am fabulous, and I'm so excited to be here with you, of course, and your listeners, so thanks for having me. Yes, and you know- years, I have, like, tried to, like, pick little pieces of your brain, and so I'm excited to finally get a full hour to go, what does a leadership strategist do? What does that look like? How did you finally come upon this calling as an entrepreneur? So I'm going to go way back into your goals and your passion on how you got to this point right now in your life. So I know there was a part in your in your season, in your journey, that you were truly out operating out of despair. So let's start with your, let's all relate to the horrible things that have happened in your life, Lisa, before we get to the, the hope of where you are right now to, to help us to look forward to that. So tell us a little bit about where you started. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's so funny. There's like a little part of the story that is, is so ironic. You know, I know that you, and I'm guessing your, your listeners too, believe in manifesting and manifestation and like what we put out to the universe comes back to us or, you know, what, however you look at that. Um, and I am such a true testament to that because <laughs> I used to always say, oh my gosh, I've lived this charmed life and everything has been fabulous and I've had this fantastic life. And when I left corporate America and started my own business, everything was really great for the first three years. And I used to think, I just don't have a good enough story because I don't have any bad stuff that's happened. I don't mm. really have that pit of despair story that everybody else has. And I used to think of it as a bad thing, which is really bizarre, right? Um, and I feel like I brought that on to myself because then now, now I have it. I wish I didn't, but it's part of my journey. And <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it funny how that works? I'm like, wow, I really need a bad story. And then, bam, I got the bad story. So let me um, – I'll kind of walk you guys through that. So I left corporate America um, over 10 years ago. And at the tail end of my corporate America, I, I started feeling like this isn't enough, like I want more. But I had no exposure to – entrepreneurship or any of that, but that's kind of what I started feeling was my calling. And I, I got a call from an ex colleague one day who said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start some businesses and I want you to come and be my business partner. Would you be open to it? And I was like, uh, yes, silver platter dropping out of the sky. Thank you very much. So I left corporate America and I went to work with him for, I was with him for about three years, three and a half years. And it was not, everything that I had hoped it would be <laughs> for any of you that have ever worked in business partners. Um, yeah, I just expected it to be all this great stuff. And so it was, it turned out to be a little bit more of just a corporate kind of a glorified corporate position, to be honest with you. Um, that is not my pit of despair story, but I, I decided to leave there. There was a lot of negative that happened in the tail end of that business um, that I struggled with. And I thought, this is not my calling. And, so as much as I thought entrepreneurship was my calling, so I go and I start these businesses and I realize this, this is not it. Am I all wrong? What, what's happening? And so I did fall into a little bit of a kind of a funk because I thought, oh, my gosh, I failed. And you've ever had that, Patty, where you're like, I, I thought this was the answer, but then I completely stumbled and failed. And what the heck happened? And you don't really mm -hmm. know what to do next. Excuse me. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of um, that's kind of what happened. So anyway, I went out on my own, and I got this big, huge corporate client, and that was that allowed me to go out on my own. And then I was was working on my business at the time, and for probably three years, I was working on building a business, and I was all over the place. I didn't know what I wanted. I thought. Well, I'm really good at productivity, so why don't I teach that? Um, why don't I help other entrepreneurs with productivity? And I was just, anyway, I was a hot mess. I was all over the place. So um, <laughs> what happened then, so I'll kind of go into this pit of despair story, and I'm, you can tell I'm stalling a little bit. I have not actually shared this story very often publicly because it, mm. it um, cuts a little deep and it's a little embarrassing, but 
Um, I was really flying high with this big corporate client and building my business on the side, but my business was a hot mess because I didn't know who I was. I was trying to be a little bit of everything to everybody. And I remember very specifically, I, um, I was, uh, the corporate client had dumped me. They called one day and said, no more, no more contracting. So wow. you're done overnight. It was, um, unexpected and you know if any of you have ever had that where you've got this one big behemoth client and you know in the back of your head or or, or whatever it is right you know in the back of your head you've got to diversify you know that this could be dangerous Mm -hmm. but you just keep thinking tomorrow it's going to happen tomorrow or tomorrow I'll worry about it I'll worry about it next week I'll worry about it next month Mm -hmm. so um and I'm being really long-winded here, Patty, so feel free to jump in and, and stop me. If no, I'm, I'm, fo- I'm following you. <laughs> totally okay, following good. you. So this is good. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, they dumped me, and, you know, I lasted maybe a, another six to eight months before I started getting into this really dangerous place in my business where I was running out of my savings. I hadn't done a really great job of saving as much as I should have. I went from this nice, highfalutin, cushy subcontracting consulting gig to nothing very very little I shouldn't say nothing but my business just wasn't thriving and my rock here's my rock bottom story so I live in Phoenix and I I have some speaking engagements in Tucson Arizona which is a couple of hours south of here for anybody that doesn't know Arizona and I was broke at this point I am completely broke Um, my credit cards are maxed out I have scrounged change from every uh, purse that I have in the house. You know how we leave remnants of stuff in purses. <laughs> I've looked under couch cushions. I mean, I, I'm a little bit of a hot mess here. I am. I, I don't have very much money, and I have a half a tank of gas. But I'm going to Tucson. <laughs> I'm going to Tucson to do these speaking engagements, and I had offers to make, and I have books to sell, and um. I just thought I, there's no way that the that God or the universe or whatever is going to let me fall on my head. You know, they're going to they're going to something's going to happen here. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to be able to get back home, right? Because I only had a half tank of gas. So I get in my car. I drive down to Tucson. This was probably four years ago, three or four years ago. And I get down there and I do my first speaking engagement, which was going to be the most lucrative one. It's the one where I was making the offer for a little mini mastermind and where I was going to have a booth to sell my books. And I did my speaking and I'm so excited because it was one of the first times I was talking about martini mindset, which is all about following your own path, right? Following your yellow brick road and not worrying about what everybody else is telling you to do, but follow from your heart. So I thought I was on my game. I go and I speak, I go to my exhibit table and as the day goes on, I'm getting nothing. Mm. And I can feel my body starting to freak out a little bit. And it, it's I'm standing at this booth feeling like I'm about to cry. And, mm. you know, your listeners don't really know me, but I'm a really non-emotional, strong <laughs> kind of power woman. I'm not saying that all power women are not emotional, but I'm just not an overly emotional person. I'm, I'm just a very happy, optimistic, everything's going to work out, and bold, brazen person. And there I am starting to shake and, 
like my lip is quivering and people would come up to my booth every now and then and talk to me, but nobody was biting. And I was doing a horrible job at this point of trying to engage anybody. So in that entire speaking engagement, I sold two books Mm. and I sold them on square, right? So they paid, they paid for them on square, which means it goes into an account and I can't access that money for a few days. <laughs> so, so you're thinking you know, gas thinking, money, gas money. <laughs> right? I have like no gas money. I have no way to get back to Phoenix. And on top of that, now I'm a huge failure. And it's this really weird place to be when you're a business owner. And I'm sure that your listeners all can relate, whether they're business owners or not. At some point in our lives, we feel like a fraud. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. all these people in the audience that believe in me that are coming up to me saying, you know, especially before, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to hear you speak, or even afterwards, oh, my gosh, that was so great. Thank you for inspiring me. And I'm like, heck with inspiring you by something. You know, I yeah. mean, obviously I want to inspire them, but I'm in this, this fear and panic mode. But And so you're kind of like, how can I be inspiring if I can't sell anything, if I can't, if I'm a failure at business? How can I be anything to all these people? I'm just mm. a big fat failure. Mm. So I pack all my hey, stuff up. I Lisa, my- on oh, that yeah. note, on you being a big yeah. fat failure and a fraud, we are going to go on to a commercial break and come right back after this message. So thanks, Lisa. Awesome. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The holidays are known for being the most stressful time of the whole year. And it's a fact that the best way to relieve stress is to exercise. Even though you have a long shopping list to plod through, that's even more of a reason to hit the gym. After 30 minutes on the treadmill, your mother-in-law's pending visit will not seem so overwhelming. The Christmas cards that you've not yet sent out will not seem like such a big deal. Exercise releases stress in your life and gets the endorphins flowing so that you feel so much better. So during this wonderful but frenzied season, make sure to keep your daily exercise going. Not only will the pressure and tension be easier to handle, you will also have the energy that exercise gives you to be more productive and to get more things done like shopping, gift wrapping, addressing Christmas cards, decorating, etc. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. 
Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking today with our special guest, Lisa Rehrick. I can't believe I was like, Lisa Rehrick. But she's a business strategist, speaker, trainer, and author. And Lisa, you've also, you've been an author of seven books total. And I love your story. Right now, you're in Tucson. You feel like a fraud. You feel like a failure. All these people are coming up saying, thank you so much for your insights. Thanks for your advice. And you're at that place in life where you're going, all right, well, could you give me some advice? Because I need gas money to get home. And <laughs> just made me laugh because in some of the, the training sessions that I've done, I remember this one guy asking, um, coming up and saying, I so want to be a manager of this specific organization. He goes, what would be, you know, a couple of tips to get to that place? And I said, start seeing yourself that way. Start dressing like you're already the manager, start treating people like you're already the manager, not in an arrogant way, but just start seeing yourself in as that, that manager, and that's exactly what you're doing. But instead, we beat ourselves up, and we go, oh, how can I give this information? How can I convey this to other people? You know, where, where does God want me in all of this when I feel like he's giving me a calling, and yet I'm, I'm feeling like I'm a fraud? So I, I love that you're just being so transparent and sharing that story. So now we have people coming up to you. What's the next part? Yeah, and let me address that fraud comment real quick because it's so hard to, you know, when you get into kind of that depth of despair or, um, you know, things are just, it's hard to pull that out. It's hard to even pretend when when your lip is quivering and you're about ready to cry, right? It's really, really hard, but what I want to say to all your listeners is that you just have to keep fighting through it. Like Patty just said, you've got to keep believing. You have to keep trusting and believing that it's there and push yourself constantly because that is the only way to get out of it. When you're feeling a little, a little desperate at the moment of how could I possibly even fake it at this point? Because I'm so, I'm so buried in the fraud and the fear. Right. So, all right, so let me move on then with the story is that so I, I leave there, I pack up my car, and I go sit in the parking lot, and I'm just sitting in my car crying. There's nobody around. Everybody's left. And I'm just sitting there crying, thinking, what am I, what am I going to do? And I had a speaking engagement the next day also in Tucson, but it wasn't going to be nearly as opportunistic as this one was going to be. So I'm just in, in a little bit of a panic, um, And as I'm sitting there, a friend of mine calls and she knew that I was going to be speaking and she knew that, you know, that I was in a little bit of a tough place as was she. So her and I were kind of commiserating together in our businesses and talking about, you know, how, how both of us were struggling at that time in our businesses. And so she calls me, she lived in Tucson and she's like, Hey, how did it go? Really upbeat and optimistic. And I'm blubbering on the phone and I can barely speak. I'm hyperventilating. (laughs) (laughs) And I, um, and I tell her, I, I only sold two books and I can't even get that money. And I said, I got to tell you, I don't even have any, my, my gas light is now on. So I, I can't get back to Phoenix. I, I don't know what to do. And 
she says to me, so, so this is the part that I'm going to get a little emotional on. She says to me, um, meet me at this specific gas station and I will put some gas in your car. Mm. And the reason that it's so emotional to me is because she was not in much better of a place than I was. You know, mm. she was, she was struggling too. And the fact that she was willing to pull out her last $20 to put mm-hmm. gas in my tank is um, beautiful. And it was a, mm-hmm. a lesson for me all the way around in accepting uh, because we struggle. I think a lot of us struggle to accept help from anybody, let alone somebody else that is at the bottom of the barrel with us. How can I take her $20? How can I possibly mm. do that when she doesn't have much more than that, right? So I meet her at the gas station and um, the whole way there, all I'm thinking is what else can I do? What else can I do? Because I can't take her money, but I had to. I was that desperate and I had to take it. And so it, it was just this amazingly beautiful more, a moment of me knowing this is rock bottom for me. I had never struggled with money before to this degree. A lot of it was caused by me, you know, the way I managed my finances, all that. So I've got the beating myself up for that. I'm beating myself up because I'm taking 20 bucks from somebody that has not much more than that. Um, I'm struggling because I'm a fraud. I've got all of these negative messages piling on top of me. And it was, it was definitely a moment of just um, kind of this perfect storm of ickiness coming into play. And so she meets me at the gas station and I, I of course still couldn't stop crying and she fills my gas tank and gives me $20. So it was even more mm. than I thought she was going to do. And she's like, this is all I can do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't even, I, I can't even, I didn't even know how to thank her. It was just one of those things. And, and I'll be, I'll be bonded to her forever and not because she gave me money, but because she believed in me, mm-hmm. right? She believed in that moment that I didn't believe in myself. So, well, this is the biggest takeaway. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I know you and I have different, um, you know, beliefs, and I look at that and go, okay, God pursues you, God loves you, God is sh- wrapping His arms around you, saying, okay, Lisa, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to provide, and when we truly, as individuals, we are. The, you know, the God with skin on that can come around and, and be there. And I, I just, I'm in awe that so many times people don't see that. And just when we can yeah. humanize situations and that for your, like you said, your friend didn't have it as well. And for us to have that empathetic listening, to truly hear what someone is saying, because there's a couple of things when you were, sharing with her and crying it's like this is my situation she could have said wow lisa that just really stinks or we can show up and (laughs) there's so many times when you know you have a friend that they're going to you know a funeral or they're dealing with something and you go oh i'm so sorry to hear that or we can not just say, what can I do for you? Because many times you wouldn't have said, hey, can you fill my my tank up with gas? Right. We're not going to ask. It's when we just say, I am going to do this. And I know recently I, oh, all of a sudden I can't think of, you and I have both talked about her on vulnerability 
Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Yeah. Research shows that the when you look back and the people that you trust the most and the people that you're glued to the most, when they did this, you know, study, it was the ones that showed up at funerals for them, showed up at the hospital. So it goes back to uh, it's the ones, like you said, the ones that when you're in need, they're going, I'm just showing up. I'm not yeah. going to wait for the invite. I'm not going to wait and say, well, what can I do? They just they show up. And, you know, I, I had to go to the hospital years and years and years ago. I, I had an airline situation where I had to go in for it was turbulent, and I had to go in for back surgery, so I just went straight to, you know, into the emergency oh. room. And I had some people show up that I thought, I didn't even know you were my friend. <laughs> and and now I will never forget that. I had a girlfriend show up and she like brought fingernail polish and was painting my toenails, which was hysterical because as soon as the doctor came in, he was like, I guess they need to look at your nails for when, you know, you go into hypothermia or you know, whatever it is. Like oh. your your nails can't go blue and they're like he's telling the nurse, You gotta get all this polish off of her and so we were we were laughing, but I'll never forget that, that she came to pamper me, and it's not someone that I was daily involved with. And those are the people that show up that, like you said, you're you're kind of glued to them because you know that, that they care. Yeah, and I love that point, too, that it was, you know, because I've had friends that have said to me throughout my my business ownership and knew that I had had a couple of years that were really low and they've, and they've helped me when I've asked and they've said to me, I'll be, if you need anything, let me know. Um, but there's a huge difference and, and I'm not taking anything away from those friends by any means, but there is a huge difference between, yeah, a huge difference between having to ask and not having to ask and the people Mm. that just show up. Um, it's a completely selfless act that they just show up and they're there. I mean, I will tell you this friend of mine that showed up to fill my gas tank, she didn't even hesitate. She didn't, there was no hesitation in her voice when we were on the phone where she said, gosh, you know, I'm, I wish I could help you, but I'm struggling. Maybe I could scrounge up a little bit. Let me see what I can do. Nothing like that. It was just straight. Can you get to this station? If you can get to this mm. gas station, I will meet you there. And, mm. Yeah, it's amazing that selfless, I am all in to help you because I believe in you. And mm-hmm. that I, I also attribute to, to keeping a little teeny tiny light on for me mm-hmm. that I didn't just completely give up because there's somebody else that believed in me. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people that believed in me, but in that moment, I needed that little tiny light that she gave me. I needed it so desperately bad. And she gave it to me. Mm. And there's so much to be said for that. You know, you, you hear it all the time. If you just have one person that believes in you, it changes your outcome. But yes. it, it, who are you believing in? Who's that one person that they know, okay, and it's easy when you have kids to believe in them. And sometimes it's not easy to believe yeah. in them, actually. <laughs> You're like, are you really going to make that happen? 
<laughs> but it's easy. But who are you believing in outside of your family where you can give them that hope and that um, just that confidence to go, yeah, I, I can I can do this. And so many times we're so self-absorbed and we're so wallowing in our, our own little, you know, circle of being egocentric that we're not looking beyond that to go, who can I help? Who can I, I believe in? Well, we are going to go into another commercial break, but I love what you said, Lisa, about, you know, there are people, relationships that, This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Sodium intake can be problematic because most Americans have way too much. The recommended sodium intake is 2,300 milligrams a day, but the average intake in the U.S. is 3,400 milligrams a day. Sodium attracts fluid and too much leads to hypertension, which raises your chances of having a stroke, heart failure or heart attack, and kidney disease. Table salt is definitely a culprit of high sodium intake, but there are other seemingly unseen ways to take sodium in. Sports drinks, energy drinks, and sodas all have high sodium levels. Macaroni and cheese, seasoned rice, and other boxed meals contain high amounts of sodium, along with processed meats, especially if they have been cured, smoked, or canned. Restaurant food is also a huge offender. Eating fresh food at home is your best offense. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are chatting with Lisa Hurick. 
who is a business strategist, a speaker, a trainer, and an author. And Lisa, you were just uh, talking about those people in your life that will just show up and those people that you have to ask. And we're not knocking the ones that you have to ask. We're just saying, hey, maybe look around and go, can I be that person that when I see someone in need, I can just show up? And you were at the point where you showed up at the gas station and she took care of you. Then what led to the next part of your life where you truly became this strategist because right now I I, I was laughing at, um, with you on commercial break that this sounds like the pursuit to happiness with Will Smith I think that was the name in the movie but you truly are at this point where you go what what do I need to do here how do I wake up in the morning and go okay God it's yours. I give you this day. I give you everything. What do I need to do to, to make happen? So what was your next step? Yeah, so I, I would say that I probably spent a few days in that pit of despair. <laughs> I let myself wallow a little bit in that. Um, I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure that I did with a little bit. Because, you know, it, it's it's sometimes hard to see. Actually, not sometimes. It's almost always really hard to see when we're in that space. It's hard to see clearly. It's hard to see, mm-hmm. you know, what God has in store for us or, or what we're supposed to do next, and it's really hard. So I do remember being a little lazy, watching movies, laying around on my couch, um, just wallowing in it a little bit, which, you know, I think is a fair thing to do when you're there, but you can't mm-hmm. stay there. You know, let yourself mm-hmm. have some of those moments. Let yourself feel it, but then um, then you got to get into action. And I am an action girl. I'm an action taker. And there was this, you know, I was at a crossroads, and it was a decision of do I want to keep going down this path that I believe is my calling or do what I really needed to do is go get a job. I mean, I truly did need to go get a job. I am a single girl. I support myself. Um, I needed to go get a job, but it was the last thing that I wanted to do. And so I just remember getting on the computer and starting to look for jobs and look for different things. And, and I didn't know what I was looking for, which was probably a huge blessing because all sorts of things started popping up that were not jobs, but they were contracting opportunities or training opportunities. And actually, Patty, that's what led me into to a training company that you and I met through, mm. right? That's mm-hmm. what led me there is because I found them when I was digging through. But I do remember um, thinking that this friend of mine who had given me the money and put put money in my, you know, gas in my gas tank and given me the money, they're just this little voice in the back of the head kept telling me that she believed in me and that I was not done with my calling. It mm-hmm. wasn't time to go get a job yet. I was not done with my calling. So I kept, I kept feeling that pull for that. But at the same time, I had this pull for here's what you should do. You should go get a job, but I just didn't want to. And so, um, I, I did some exercises. There's a, a really cool exercise that a woman by the name of Fabian Fredrickson, um, for any of you who might know her, study her. She's a kind of a business coach type person, so she's in that space. But I remember her giving me this exercise a long time ago um, where you have to write down 50 ways that you can make money right now. 50 ways. So I'll tell you right now, the first 20 are uh, relatively easy. 
um, after the first few, it feels hard, and then you get into a groove, and then you get to about 20, and you're like, okay, I cannot think of any more. But her instructions to me were do not stop. Do not stop until you get to 50. And it is hard. And you come mm-hmm. up with some really crazy ideas, which is the point. The point of it is to come up with some really outrageous, ridiculous things that you would probably never, ever, ever do. But there are options, right? <laughs> um, and when, when we open up our minds to that, what starts happening is a couple of things. Is Ironically, it actually started to build my confidence back. Because I started thinking, oh, my gosh, look at all the stuff that I actually could do. I really could do all of this stuff. I don't necessarily want to, but I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it does that. And then the second thing that it does is it starts helping you just get a little crazy and opening up your mind. The, the more we open up the possibilities in our mind, the more and more it, it makes room for more possibilities and bigger possibilities. So mm-hmm. – um, And that confidence was really big for me. So I want to go back and talk about that for a minute because every single person in the universe has things that we are good at. Every single one of us has our gifts and our talents and our skills, you know, the things that are innately in us, the things that we have learned over time. But every single one of us also at any given point in time tells ourselves we don't have anything that we're good at, Mm -hmm. right, when we get into that pits. I, I don't know. I'm not good at anything. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm, you know, I need more of this. I need more of that. I've got to be better here. I've got to be better there. All of those crazy voices that are in our heads. But we all have things that God has given us that we need to remember that we need to tap into. And that mm-hmm. exercise was one of the first things that helped me with that. And then I remember doing a lot of journaling and just writing down the things that I'm good at to continue to remind myself that I am, I am not defined by this moment of failure. Mm. It doesn't define who I am. It doesn't, because I, I feel like at the time I could just kept saying I'm a failure. And that was the entire holistic definition of who I was in that moment. But that's not true. I was, I might've failed at this thing, but I am, it is not who I am. I am not my results, right? And that's such a good tip because I do believe that it's easy, and every year that goes by, we have a tendency to define ourselves by our failures rather than defining ourselves by our gifts and our strengths that God has given us. And, yeah, those things happen, but we can look at history and look at the research that's out there and the people that have learned from those failures and and truly have failed over and over and over and over and over again, those are the ones that are moving leaps and bounds (laughs) rather than staying stuck. And I love that you said even it's okay to stay stuck for a while, it's okay to lick your wounds, but then you have to move out of that, that place and don't let that that define you. So yeah, tap into those God-given strengths, tap into those skills, and and move on. So at that point, then once you realize this isn't what is defining me, then did you take that list and start doing a few of your yes. fifty ways you can make money right now? I did. I did several of them, and as I was kind of online looking at things too, it was giving me more ideas to add to that list and. 
Um, and yeah, I ended up stepping into quite a few of those different things. I diversified like crazy and I just started taking action. And that, that's also when I learned that taking action is huge because, you know, as I said, and as you just reiterated, you know, the, yes, let's give ourselves that time to, to wallow in it. And just to me, I believe that we've got to recharge a little bit, but then I also believe that God rewards us for taking action. Like we can't just sit there and, Hope, you know, hope is not a strategy. We can't just sit there and wait for things to come to mm-hmm. us. We've got to go out there and get them. And it's all there for the taking. We have to go get it. And so I just started getting into action. And it was amazing this um, this kind of domino effect of the more action I took, even little action, I'm not talking like, you know, writing a book action or, you know, climbing a mountain action. I'm talking about just these little baby steps action that things started coming my way. And I started getting more clarity and I could see what mistakes I had made that led to my business tanking and why it wasn't going well. Um, I started to just get so much more clear that clarity started coming into play and then things started coming my way. So it, it really did make a very big difference. I feel like, and I said this earlier in the call, I'm a very optimistic person. And I do believe that, you know, in your comment about failure, you know, failure isn't failure unless you haven't learned from it. Right? Mm. So it truly isn't failure. It remains a failure if you don't learn from it. But if you learn from it, it becomes a growth opportunity. And, I just was super introspective and I took all of that and said, okay, what, you know, what are the messages here? What do I need to learn from this and how can I take this and use it to power me going forward and use it to help me going forward? And I was able to, I would have never, I, I would never be where I am today if I hadn't had that experience, obviously, but the success hmm. that I can see in my business now is more appreciated, it's more heart-centered, it's more um, authentic, and it's bigger, all because of that pit of despair experience that I had. Mm-hmm. So what, was, what would be, like, your, your second stop? You know, sometimes we get that, those first, first stops are just, like, start moving, start getting up, start. Then what, what was your second step? Yeah, you know, so um, I think getting up and getting moving, journaling was huge for me. Journaling was a very big part of that. To keep the conversation in my head clear, so one of the things that I think sometimes we don't give enough credit for is getting our thoughts out of our head and on paper because we our, our thoughts shift in our head very rapidly and very quickly and we don't always formulate a complete thought in our head but once we've got to put it to paper um so the journaling was really big and then really all it took patty was one person to give me an opportunity Mm -hmm. so um i started doing some contract work for a training company that's where i met you patty and that started kind of the snowball effect of me um, seeing myself in a new light, building some additional confidence. Um, so, so that all kind of plays into everything. And, and then kind of the next really big step that I took was 
getting really clear on what my business was and was what it wasn't. So one of the big lessons that I learned was that part of the or the main reason, not part of, but the main reason that my business wasn't a success is that I was all over the place. I was trying well, to be... Speaking of that, Lisa, we are going to take a yeah. quick break, and when we return, we'll talk about you being all over the place. <laughs> Stay tuned. Awesome. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky-crooky of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we, part of the ridiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophagers, and snollygosters. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are in our last final stretch of our show, speaking with Lisa Rehurik, and she is a biz strategist, a proposal guru, a fun, inspirer, speaker, author, and Lisa, you were just at the point where you were saying, I was all over the place, and I needed to, you know, refine, figure out who I was, what I was trying to, you know, basically your brand, and uh, speaking of someone coming along and giving you an exercise to do, I do this exercise a lot with my um, leaders that I'm teaching where I start out the day going, what is your brand? Like, who are you? Because we don't do Mm. that self-audit and that check to go, 
if I were at a retirement party or basically if you came to, to my funeral, what would people be saying about me? And that sounds so, you know, dark. It's like, what do you want people to say about you? But, you know, it's that whole Stephen Covey where you come in with the end in mind and, you know, just start writing down tons of words that you would want people, that's how they would describe you. And I think that really helps you refine who you are to go, is this, you know, do, what do I value? What do I want people to, to say about me? Do I just want to be, oh, they were just this amazing hard worker? Or do I want some other attributes, you know, thrown in there? So what did you do? And, and first of all, Lisa, I love that you said your second step was journaling because it switches your mind. Many times we have all these thoughts. And even if just writing those few things down before you go to bed, they say helps you come up with answers subconsciously while you're dreaming and thinking, while you're trying to go to to sleep. And that's a for me, that's a hard uh, behavior to get in the habit of doing. But I know that it it helps me stay disciplined when I do things like that. And even journaling for an extrovert, I think, is a little bit more difficult, and maybe I'm stereotyping. Maybe it's just difficult for me. <laughs> but I want to make no, sure other people. Because right. <laughs> yeah. it seems like more of the introverts I talk to, they're like, I journal. I can do this. I can. And I'm like, oh, I always have to really discipline myself to do that. So what was your uh, – how did you refine who you were and truly become a business strategist? Yeah, so um, a couple things that I want to address before I go into that question. Number one is that um, one of the things that I made myself journal on every night was what successes did I have in that day? What success did I have in that day? And I will tell you it's really easy when you've had blatant successes, but when you haven't, it is a really hard thing to do, but it boosts your confidence. It continues. It continuously helps you remember that, number one, not all successes are big, and number two, that we all have them throughout our days. And learning mm. to recognize them helps keep us in that space of positivity and confidence and all of that. So that's one thing I wanted to say. The other thing is I love your exercise about all the different words. And one of the things that I did was I did that exercise, and then I took to Facebook and said, okay, if you had three words to describe me, what would they be? And then Mm. you take what people say and you look for that alignment. And what was interesting to me is that two of the words were not surprising to me, fun and bold. And I loved that. I loved that there were these two words that completely resonated with me. But the third highest word that people used to describe me was smart. And I was like, what? And now, not that I think that I'm not a smart person, but... I'm not an intellectual person. I'm not a book smart person. I struggled in school. And it was interesting to see to see what other people from the outside looking in see. Because when you know that, then then I can go, oh, man, they, they think I'm smarter than I think I am. Mm. <laughs> right? And it yeah. kind of just gives you this interesting little perspective um, that you might not have had otherwise. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny when you don't see yourself that way. It's interesting what you were saying about um, putting the the words down. What was what was something else that you did there, Lisa? Um, when I put it out to the people on Facebook. Yes. 
Yeah. So I just asked them, give me three words. Um, so I, I went to Facebook and I asked my Facebook community, hey, give me three words that would be used to describe me, that you would use to describe me. And I, I tried to match those up. I looked at what, what am I putting out there? What are they seeing versus what do I believe that I am or what do I want to be? And so that mm-hmm. was just a really interesting eye-opening moment for sure. That's uh that's a pretty bold thing. It's funny that you said the the word was bold because <laughs> to put that out there you're like, well, why would I start throwing words? I I've, I've done that in retreats and, you know, at women's conferences, but for you to yeah. just throw it out there on Facebook is that's a genius idea to to find it, you know, to to put it out there. I think it's interesting that they use the word um smart, which I would say that I would definitely put that as an attribute. And when you're with people, like you said, on the intellectual level and you don't see yourself that way, how you get that crisis of courage and you, I find myself shutting down. I find myself leaving the conversation and getting really quiet. I know when I go with my husband on his business trips with all of his friends, they'll start talking about certain things and I I become so bored. like I can't hold my own in these conversations so I'm just gonna you know come over here rather than going no I'm I'm a smart person I'm an interesting person be a part of the conversation yeah exactly and that we don't all have to be smart in the same way or just because you know if you if you talk to me about um you know certain topics, I'm probably not going to be the smartest person in the room. If you want to talk to me about business, that's a whole different story, right? So, um, yeah, it's just interesting how we see ourselves. And for me, I bucketed my smartness into just one very specific arena, but that's not true. And and the, I think the overarching way that I carry myself somehow must come across as if overall I'm I'm a smart person. <laughs> well, it goes back to it goes back to pretending sometimes. Not that you're going to pretend and not be authentic, but if you start like you know, you said when people started calling you smart, it's like, oh, okay, I'm am I am smart. <laughs> it's when those people believe in you. I I like uh, Beth Wiseman. She's the one who wrote uh, Multipliers, talking about uh, you know at work those people that diminish you or those people that multiply you. And when she talks, she will literally say, "This is not my area of expertise." And you know, to be like you said, we're all smart in different ways. And so if you are answering someone, just a call. Just say it. Hey, this isn't my area of expertise, but this is what I do, you know, my my small knowledge. That's not like you're knocking yourself down. You're just basically saying, but I am oh so smart in all these other areas. (laughs) Hey, on on that note, tell us a little bit, Lisa, on you're starting your your own show, and actually you you already jumped in and you've been doing your, your radio show. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can um, purchase your books and a little bit more about how we can take our next step into getting to know you better and to find out how to learn more about how we strategize as an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my my radio show is called Winning Business Radio, and what we do is we share stories from people that are winning in business. So if you own a business, if you want to own a business, if you want to learn more about business – 
tune in and my guests are always sharing their fears and their failures and their challenges and their successes and how they overcame them. So um, join us. You can um, reach us at phoenixbusinessradiox.com. Um, I know that's okay. kind of a long, a long thing, but Phoenix Business Radio X is the, the link. And there's several radio shows out there, but I'm winning at business. Um, or winning business, sorry, winning business radio and check us out there. And then you can also go to my website at lisarehurek.com and that's R-E-H-U-R-E-K.com and you can learn a whole lot more about me and you can see all my books out there and uh, connect with me there, connect on social media through that website. That's probably the easiest way. Awesome. Okay, Lisa, we just have three minutes before we finish today's show. What would be a great tip if if our listeners are out there? They're kind of in that place of despair, and I, I know that's a great exercise that you mentioned on 50 Ways You Can Make Money Right Now, and do not stop till you get to 50. <laughs> that's a great tip. Is there something else just to put you on the spot? Where, where What else would you encourage our listeners to do in, in two minutes? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would encourage you to find a person. And let me just tell you right now, this is not your spouse. This is not your mother, your sister. Find a person that you can really connect with that is going to help you, help pull you out or lift you up when you need it. And the reason that I say not a spouse is because our spouses are the people closest to us um, want to wrap us up and take care of us. They want to make sure that we're okay. They're going to hurt with us when we're hurting. But you need that person that is going to, yes, that's going to give you 20 bucks at the gas station when you need it. But you also need the person that's going to say, all right, you've been wallowing for three days. It's time to get off the couch and go make something happen. Um, The person that's going to say, I believe in you. Um, that you're going to believe because they really do believe in you versus you saying, my mother, well, of course you believe in me because you're my mother. You have to. Um, so it's got to be somebody outside of your immediate family that you're going to believe when they say they believe in you and that you're going to know they believe in you even when they don't say, I believe in you. So find your person. There is at least one of them out there for you. And that is invaluable in all aspects of your life and especially in business. But it doesn't, if you're not in business, it's still really important to have that person. Mm-hmm. So go find your person. And I know for you, you joined networking groups. You joined other women in business and in leadership. And I think that's also a great place to go Go find that person. So we are. We had such a great day. Thank you so much for your time and giving us some of those strategies, Lisa. We loved hearing your story. And we look forward to tapping into you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed with women in mind, with a chance for you to just listen or take part in, or to blog like crazy about. In any and all ways, the show is about you and that human connection that we all have to a bigger life, one larger than ourselves, yet taking care of ourselves first. 
Women, women from everywhere, becoming girlfriends with Girlfriended. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. And join us next week for more Girlfriended Radio here on toginet.com. Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com.